Have you ever wondered what hypnosis might be and what it can do for you? You've come to the right place. Welcome to Hypnosis Everywhere with your host, Inez Simpson. This is the show that talks to everyone from the experienced practitioner to the cautiously curious and, yes, even the skeptics. Now, here's Inez Simpson. Well, welcome everybody to Hypnosis Everywhere. And uh, I have a guest today, a friendly guest. We've been friends for quite a long time as we went along around circuits on conventions and things. And it's Sean Michael Andrews, the world's fastest hypnotist. Hello, Inez. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. And I'm glad to have you on again. And we've had you on before. Yes. Uh, so people could always go back and listen to your other one after if they choose and this is always goes to podcast so it's you are in a forever loop <laughs> <laughs> so maybe um even though you've been on before i'd like mm-hmm. you to just maybe give us a small um bio and a little okay. bit of what you think of as hypnosis and uh, from where you come from and how you got to hypnosis okay well um i suppose I suppose I've been a, a full-time hypnotist for almost 15 years now. Um, I uh, before that I was a uh, I was an NLPer. I was a, a practitioner and master practitioner of neurolinguistic programming, which is another thing that I still use a lot when I'm doing hypnotherapy. Um, I've had I've practiced hypnosis in Maryland, Virginia. Germany and and now in Georgia and now in Florida and uh, let's see I, I've gotten some awards a couple times hypnotist yeah just got some awards yep. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah it's it's uh, I love hypnosis I have um, I love everything about it I like the entertainment part of hypnosis I I love the therapy and the way you can help people improve their lives. And, uh, and I love hypnosis just as a party trick. I like to show hypnosis to people. And, and that's sort of going to be our, our topic of conversation, yeah. I think, today. Uh, it is and- sort of our topic, every first, uh, sorry, conversation. But I also wanted to talk about the world's fastest hypnotist, the joke you always say about yourself. I love okay. it that people make fun of themselves. That's, <laughs> That's right. And you uh, always say world- it's because world's fastest hypnotist because you got the URL first. That's right. I, I, was, the, <laughs> I was the world's fastest at scoring the – the URL worldsfastesthypnotist.com. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, so it's not forgettable. You know, people will remember that how to find that the world's fastest hypnotist, right? You just Google it, you'll be there. It's people all there. actually believe it now. It's like well, <laughs> well, I think you're pretty fast. Pretty fast, I am. Pretty I am. fast, yeah, damn fast. So anyway, I'll let you start off on on your subject because uh, okay. You know more about it than I do, for sure. <laughs> well, I'm just making it up. Uh, well, okay. So, <laughs> as, as I said, I, I, I love hypnosis. I love demonstrating hypnosis. And there are many benefits to being able to do these kinds of demonstrations. Um, so uh, one of the things is I found this is kind of interesting. I've been around, I've taught in 17 countries now. I'm, I'm sure you're, you're 
probably still behind over you. that. Oh, you're behind me now. Oh, oh okay. I'm, no, I think I always was behind you. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> we're not done yet, are you? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but anyway, uh, and uh, one of the things I found in all these countries is that many hypnotists are not, they don't feel comfortable demonstrating hypnosis. Uh, as you probably know, the most popular induction in the world is a progressive muscle relaxation induction, which is not very entertaining. It takes a long time. It's kind of boring. And, and even, even in entertainment hypnosis, the majority of the people doing uh, hypnosis shows use a progressive muscle relaxation induction, where basically I understand that uh, a lot of the people – uh, listening to this podcast are not hypnotists, maybe not hypnotists yet. So in a progressive muscle relaxation induction, just to describe it briefly, uh, the hypnotist will spend maybe 25 minutes telling the person how droopy and sleepy all the muscles in their body are. And they'll start at the top of the head and they talk about the muscles in the scalp relaxing. And then they'll talk about the muscles in the cheeks relaxing and all the way down their body to their toes. And then they'll maybe start moving up the body again, relaxing muscles until finally the person just relaxes down into a trance. And it's a fine induction and, and it works well. And that's why that's the ones that's the one that most hypnotists use because it's effective, but it just takes so long. So, um, so if that hypnotist is at a party and someone says to them, "Hey, I understand you're a hypnotist. Can you show me something?" It's kind of difficult because you don't want to you don't want to spend 25 minutes doing a progressive muscle relaxation induction. It's not entertaining, and I mean, sure, there are lots of people that have jobs that, you know, you know, if you're a brain surgeon, can you show me something? No, I don't, I don't think so. But, but if you're a hypnotist, there are things that you can do to show hypnosis to people. And when people see real hypnosis, almost all of them are pretty, are pretty amazed. It's because it is the coolest job in the world, right? Yep. You are you are the most interesting person in the room when you're the hypnotist. <laughs> now, so so what I've put together over the past 15 years is are ways that I can demonstrate hypnosis quickly uh, to sort of sort of well just give people a view as to what we do because what we do is really cool. And uh, so that that's uh, why I'm talking about doing demonstrations. Um, now, the ability to do a demonstration of hypnosis very quickly, though, has other benefits. For instance, um, when a hypnotist wants to bring clients into his or her practice, it's really effective to be able to do talks in front of groups like service clubs, the Lions Club, Kiwanis, and, and all these, these places, the Chamber of Commerce. And... And when people, if you can demonstrate hypnosis in an entertaining and fast way, people are going to want to come to your office and, and do hypnotherapy with you and, and improve their lives. But if you don't have those skills to demonstrate hypnosis, then you're kind of behind the eight ball. It's, yeah, especially those places usually don't give you uh, time to do a progressive relaxation. You get 20 minutes or something. Oh, 
got to go now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> don't, don't even have time to do the emergence. Huh? <laughs> Just leave them there. <laughs> yeah, so, not good. Yeah. So, so I mean, the demonstrations that I do only take a, only take a minute or two. And, but here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. Um, a lot of hypnotists are afraid that maybe they'll fail. You know, yeah. if you do a demonstration in front of a group and, and you fail to hypnotize somebody, you look stupid. <laughs> and, and that would be, that would be embarrassing. <laughs> I, I've never, I've never had one fail. And, and it's not because I think I'm that great. It's because <laughs> it's, it's because I'm, I'm very careful. I do things yeah. a certain way and I make sure that everything is lined up for me to be successful. And, uh, and so that's why I've never failed in a demonstration because I, I've got a process which we'll describe later on, but I, I've got a process where I cannot fail because I don't want to look like a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a blot on your fastest hip. It would, yeah. Fastest except <laughs> on March 3rd, 2020 when he failed to hypnotize this person. No, I, <laughs> I, I will always be successful because I'm, I'm doing things to make sure, and some of them are kind of sneaky, but I'm doing things to ensure that I'm going to be successful. And uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a lot to it. How do you choose the best people to hypnotize? How do you know who's more highly hypnotizable than other people? Yeah. And, and, and the only reason why I did the research to, to determine who's the best uh, and easiest to hypnotize is once again, because I don't want to look stupid. <laughs> so, so when I, when I select somebody for uh, for a hypnosis demonstration, uh, there's no doubt that person's going to be a good subject. I, I know this, and uh, yeah. So so I, I I've done a lot of investigations and 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 research. I try. I tend not to call it research. I, I call it experiments because when I say research, then people are looking for some documentation. Data which I'm really not good at. <laughs> no, I'm not good at the data either. I'm pretty good at the research part though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the, the documentation is, it's, that's where I fall down. Yeah. So I just call it experiments. <laughs> I think that's the best for me too. <laughs> so I think that's the thing. You see, if you're not afraid to experiment, Mm -hmm. And you do lots of that. Pretty soon you get pretty sure of what you're doing and you know exactly what you're looking at. You know. Yeah. Um, many of these, the demonstrations that I do, I sort of kind of hone my skill by doing street hypnosis. And for, I did it for years. I, I still do it. And, and you get good because if you're going out and doing street hypnosis, you might hypnotize over 20 people in an evening and I don't care the, you could have the busiest hypnotherapy practice in the world and you're not going to hypnotize 20 people a day. <laughs> but when you're doing, when you're doing street hypnosis, you get that opportunity. And in the past I, I did fail. I would sometimes fail when I was doing street hypnosis. And so over the years, I, I, I figured out what I was doing right and what I was doing wrong. And, and the number one thing that, that uh, caused me to fail time and time again was choosing the wrong people to hypnotize. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I, I, I mean, I was hypnotizing a lot of people who didn't want to be hypnotized. Now, everyone, I, everyone I've ever hypnotized thought that it was a cool experience. Every, I mean, you know, our clients love hypnosis because they, they relax, they feel so good, and we give them suggestions that they're going to feel even better. And, and so it's a wonderful experience. But if you try to hypnotize somebody who doesn't want to be hypnotized, that's a recipe for failure. And, <laughs> and back then, I was so uh, I was so jazzed about hypnosis, and, and actually, I still am. Uh, that, that part hasn't changed. But I was so excited about hypnosis that unless you tried to run away from me, I was going <laughs> to... <laughs> I'd say... I'd say Oh, hypnosis is great. You want to check it out? And they go, I don't think so. Now that's a red flag. <laughs> I would I would drive right past that red flag. <laughs> I wouldn't see it. I'd say, Oh, come on, it's wonderful. Well, I don't know about that. Oh, really? It's lots of fun. And finally they, you know, begrudgingly say, All right. Well, that's that's a recipe for failure. The person doesn't want to. All right, I'll try. <laughs> right, I'll try. Great, <laughs> you're gonna love this. <laughs> and you know what? Sometimes it, it'll work, but but then you know after a while, as it got through my thick skull, that you know, <laughs> why did that fail? Oh yeah, that's <laughs> she didn't want to do it. <laughs> So, so uh, yeah. So that that was that was the that was a hard earned, uh, hard learned lesson. And I, now I did it a lot, though. <laughs> I was just going to say, though. You know, I we always tell our people that you know it's a choice if you want to go into hypnosis. Right. So obviously. <laughs> They made you their choice. That. You <laughs> yeah, proved that right. very well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's what you do. But no, you've already failed. <laughs> <laughs> the good thing about doing street hypnosis, though, is if you did that, if you hypnotize somebody and they didn't go into hypnosis, um, then the crowd will disperse, <laughs> and they walk away. And now you've got new people coming in who haven't seen you fail. So you just do it all over again. <laughs> And you're, you're, you're golden. You're 100% as far as these people are concerned. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I, I loved it. I loved, I still love demonstrating hypnosis. And so doing it on the street made me better at it. Uh, you know, and on the street, you deal with other things. Like, for instance, um, a lot of noise. And um, I mean, I've had people that I was working with, I've had their friends call their cell phone and make it buzz in their pocket to try and bring them out of trance. I mean, lots of things I've had, you know, dogs come up and, and start, start poking people. And, and, and <laughs> that didn't come out right. You're laughing. Okay. I, I have a very interesting vision in my head. It's <laughs> <laughs> a family program. That is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so I, I'll just move right along. But anyway, you have things happening. And, and so if you can hypnotize somebody on the street with all those distractions, then hypnotizing somebody in a, uh, an office setting is a piece of cake. So, so yeah, so that's, that's the deal. And 
I mean, when I began teaching this, how to do these demonstrations, I remember actually it was a Canadian guy, a guy up in Ottawa. We finished the class and he said, all right, I've been a hypnotist for a while. And he said, but now I finally know what to do when somebody says, oh, you're a hypnotist. Can you show me something? Now I know what to do. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's a great thing. Like I say, you're, you're already the most interesting person in a room, but when you do the demonstrations, you'll be the, the person they're talking about for a long, long time after. You wouldn't believe what he did. He made me forget my name. How did that happen? That's just amazing. And I know if he can do that, then he can help me with whatever problem they have because they're sure of it. They saw it. <laughs> I remember um, one hypnotist saying that, uh, you know, that he asked, somebody asked him to do a stage show and he said, well, I don't do that. Mm -hmm. and, and they said, why not? And he said, I don't know. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> and then he went out and did it and found out that it worked wonders because they figured if he could do that and give them such a good time there, they'd go see him to get some work done. I mean, that's, that's very, very true. I think, I think we, we might have discussed that a little bit the last time we talked and it, it talked. And it is true. Um, they th when the audience sees a stage hypnotist, they, they see they see the power of hypnosis yeah. and when they see that, then they make another leap and they go, Oh, yeah. so that means there's that no means, way yeah. I will, you know, not be able to quit smoking or, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, and it's, I think that the importance too is when you're having out on your, on your in the street and mm -hmm. you get all the noise and people and dogs and everything, it shows to them that they could do, self-hypnosis or any hypnosis anywhere really yeah true and yeah. uh but you you know how it is with uh like with brand new hypnotists they think they have the feeling that trance is very fragile right yeah if anything happens if a breeze blows through <laughs> and and moves one hair on that person's head they're going to pop out of trance right yeah, that's that's, I, that's yeah. what newbies think yeah and, and i say that to my clients too because they say you know i said uh, it's not a spell, you know, you can't break it. <laughs> <laughs> unless they, unless they, you know, it's, it's kind of funny though, because sometimes people were looking for a spell and just, yeah, I, I, I try, I try not to do, I like to keep it scientific, I, but, but yeah, I've had, okay. I've had clients who it worked for them that it was, it was kind of magical and like, yeah. okay, all right. On that note, we're going to go to break, and okay. we'll come back with Sean Michael Andrews. We'll have a few more laughs, and you'll learn some more stuff. See you then on the other side. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. We know lasers are in use in almost every aspect of the medical profession these days. Now there's a powerful, unique, and safe laser you can use at home. Quantum scalar wave lasers using Tesla technology allow the body to do what it does best, heal itself. Scalar wave lasers work down to the cellular level and can even reset cellular memory for outstanding outcomes. The quantum lasers use three different wavelengths in one laser for optimum results. It's government approved and safe for home use. For more information, visit Simpson Protocol slash lasers or click the banner on this show's webpage. 
Hi, this is Inez Simpson. Thanks for listening to the show, Hypnosis Everywhere. If this is the first time listening, well, we have a whole treasure trove of shows archived here and on Voice America page and on Hypnosis Everywhere website, all free for you to listen to anytime. The first year's broadcast showed the amazing diversity of the talent and the skills of those people who make up our fascinating hypnosis community. This season, Hypnosis Everywhere, the next level, will delve deep into where modern hypnosis is now taking us, the new discoveries and adventures as we explore this infinite mind of ours. And we explore Simpson Protocol hypnosis that is taking us higher and deeper than ever before. We'll talk about the astounding insights that show us how our mind can shape and change our lives for the better. So come join us on Hypnosis Everywhere, amazing people who are on amazing adventures in this world of hypnosis. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Hypnosis Everywhere, The Simpson Protocol. To reach the show today, send an email to Inez, that's I-N-E-S, at InezSimpson.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back. And we're talking to Sean Michael Andrews, and he's going to give us his secrets, because you know what? Secrets are to be given out. That's right. I don't keep secrets. Not anymore. <laughs> if I if I know something, I'm going to share it because uh, it, it'll probably help somebody. One of the things uh, we've had some really good instructors in our careers, and uh, and my instructors always were very good about sharing their knowledge. Yeah. And so, in tribute to them, I I share as well. I share everything. <laughs> so unless unless it's something of a personal nature, and I'm not going to, but but so. So what is the process? What do I do when I want to wow the crowd? And uh, it starts It starts with choosing the right volunteer. And I've done a lot of experiments over the years with a lot of people from different parts of the world. And, and I found some things that helped me choose the right volunteer. Uh, for the uh, listeners, uh, if you, for instance, women are slightly better at going into hypnosis than men and it's it's not a huge difference but it's you know probably a couple of percentage points it's interesting though about that um Ippolite bernheim back in the 1800s uh, said that women were uh slightly better at going into hypnosis than men but then something happened during the 1970s and 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 then the researchers started saying there's absolutely no difference. Men and women are exactly the same, no difference. And that went on for about 30 years. But a study I read just about five years ago by a Canadian uh, researcher uh, found that, yes, there is a difference, and women do have a slight edge at going into hypnosis over men. So given a choice between a male subject and a female subject, I will pick the female. So, because I know that gives me a little bit better uh, chance that she's going to go into hypnosis. The other thing is that uh, occasionally you'll you'll get a volunteer who really isn't a volunteer. 
they're they're a scammer and they're going to try and make you look like a fool. They'll pretend yes. to go into hypnosis and then as soon as you've done the induction, they open their eyes and laugh at you. And women won't do that to you. If somebody is a scammer, it's always going to be a guy. So, yeah. so yet another reason why you would choose a female volunteer. They're they're just nicer. Um, they won't they won't try to embarrass you. You know, if <laughs> if it you know truth be known, I guess if you failed miserably, they might even just keep their eyes closed and fake it so it looks like you were successful because women don't want to hurt your feelings. They'll, they'll blame themselves. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, no, I, it was, I felt really, really relaxed. It was great. <laughs> it's like, oh. So, so uh, given a choice, uh, I will always choose the female volunteer. And finally, opposite sex um, hypnosis tends to work a little bit better. So if you're a male hypnotist, a female, or if it's a female client, she will tend to go into hypnosis a little bit better with a male hypnotist and a male client will tend to go into hypnosis a little bit better with a female. And I mean, I personal experience, I, I just appreciate a woman's voice more than a, a man's voice. Uh, and I trust women more than I trust men. Obviously. Uh, yeah. Cause back when, I don't know, you remember, do you remember back to middle school? You know, we were always playing tricks on one another. Girls didn't do that. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, so I, I will, I will, as a male, uh, I'm going to pick a female volunteer. Um, okay, different. Uh, the younger people are better at going to hypnosis than older people. Um, people of certain ethnic backgrounds, and yeah, I guess I guess that's the best way to describe it. Um, some people have a tendency culturally, or is it hardwired? I don't know. Um, people whose background is from the Indian subcontinent, so India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, that area, they tend to be uh, better at going into hypnosis than Northern Europeans. Now, is this is this a cultural thing? Uh, you know, meditation is quite popular in that part of the world, and 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 um, uh, but or or is it? Is it uh, in their DNA? I don't know. Uh, I, and I haven't seen anything that, to suggest what it is. I guess what we have to do is we find have to find a couple of twins and then <laughs> see, make sure one, they do. one to right. the Europe and one to exactly. uh, see what happens. And one <laughs> yeah. twin to Europe <laughs> to be raised by Northern Europeans and have yes. the other one uh, be raised by uh, Indian parents and see what happens. You know, is, and I'm sure they're many, many people that are willing to give up their children, right? <laughs> but if we, you know, just take one, we'll, we'll leave one, right? I, I don't think that's going to work. I don't think you're no, going to get the volunteers I don't think for that work. one. <laughs> I don't think it'll work either. But, it, you know, it's interesting, though, that the, the people have uh, this in belief about what hypnosis is like. Of course, it's nothing like it. they think it is like. Right. And sometimes the, I think uh, I even have hypnotists come into my trainings that'll say I've never been in hypnosis, mm -hmm. and I'll say, okay, come on over here, bam, <laughs> hypnosis mm -hmm. looks pretty good to me, <laughs> you know. But and and half of those people got to Esdale, or three quarters anyway, mm. went to Esdale that same time. 
Huh. And and this just the concept that people have of hypnosis that mm-hmm. we are going to be zapped and like gone. Right. And even hypnotists have that. It's maybe part of their training has been missed or something, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I, it took me a long time to understand what trance was for me. And I, I thought I wasn't going into hypnosis either in my, in my first classes that I took. It took me a while to realize that, okay, well, for me, this is what trance is. But you mentioned Esdale. Well, that's, that's a perfect example of this concept of some people from some cultures are better at going into hypnosis because Esdale did his work down in India. Yes, of and, course. And then when he brought his, tried to run his show in Northern Europe, Europe in, uh, he, he came back to, he was Scottish, but he came back to yeah. a medical school in England and it didn't work so well with the Northern Europeans. It's not to say Northern Europeans don't go into hypnosis. Of course they do, but they just don't have the same seem to have that talent that people from the Indian subcontinent have. Uh, also from Iran, people from Iran tend to be highly hypnotizable um, in my experience. Uh, so, so yeah. So if I, if I'm looking for a volunteer, okay. I, I, and I see somebody's from, you know, from the Indian subcontinent or possibly from Iran, I'm going to choose that person too. Just every, this is all designed to make me successful. <laughs> <laughs> and look good. That's right. That's right. Uh, so what <laughs> What else do I look for in a, in a uh, well, I, I mean, we already discussed this. I'm looking for somebody who wants to be hypnotized. That's that's the number one thing. Um, let's see. Oh, yes. I found, I found that people that have an interest in metaphysical subjects tend to be highly hypnotizable people. Um it's it, it, so if they're into energy healing or Reiki or 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 yoga or meditation, odds are they're going to be a good subject. I mean, it's it's not one hundred percent, but if I'm looking at somebody and it's it's a female and she's young and she's into yoga and she meditates and it's like bang bang, you check 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 check. What are the odds she's going to be hard to hypnotize? Well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The odds are she's going to be very highly hypnotizable. And then one more thing. This is kind of funny. I'll, I'll go into something else. But one thing that I have <laughs> found very fun uh, is that massage therapists, anybody, uh, I've, I've only had one bad massage therapist. Every time when they say, when I say, what do you do for a living? They say, I'm a massage therapist. I go, yes, this is going to be great because they <laughs> – are routinely outstanding hypnotic subjects and and I don't know maybe they 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 just know how to relax or, or what I had a I just ran a class in Orlando about two and a half weeks ago and one woman in the class I said what do you do well <laughs> the way it, the way it came out I had I wanted to do a demonstration in front of the class so I'm looking around I see I see some real good subjects in the in the class but you always want to pick your best one right and, and I was telling them about this, and I said, massage therapist. And as soon as that those words came out of my mouth, this one girl started laughing. And, okay, so you're a massage therapist? Yes, I am. Brought her up and bang, into hypnosis she went. She was so fast and so deep, and she actually got to um, uh, Aaron's level six. So she was able to experience a negative hallucination. So, you know, you can't get much better than that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah 
But, you know, when I say to those guys in class and they say, you know, I said, well, I was there once, I think, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and because most of the time I I could drop like a stone, like Jerry used to say, you're looking at your socks, looking up. But (laughs) if you wanted to do some work with me, that was an entirely different thing. And I just popped myself right back out. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. There was a time when I thought that these outstanding subjects like you uh, didn't have the control to to pop out like that but of course you know you you find out later on as you work with you know thousands of people that oh yeah they can do that I mean there are some there are some people that and I consider them the lucky ones that they just can't stay out of hypnosis and you just look at them and down yeah. they go <laughs> I know and, and it's actually it's true it's a gift it's a true. Yeah, I wish I'm jealous. I wish I was one of those people, um, but I'm not, and that's okay too. I, I still get the benefits of hypnosis. It's just I don't get the magical experience that some people get to yeah. experience. But so, so it starts out uh, choosing a person who's most likely going to be a good hypnotic subject, right? Um, and then the next thing, and this is very important, is explaining hypnosis to the person uh, because now I don't know about you, but in my experience doing hypnotherapy, excuse me, um, about 5% of my clients, new clients have ever been hypnotized before. They, you know, I, it's so rare for somebody to come in my office and I say, well, I don't suppose you've ever been hypnotized before. And they go, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been hypnotized several times before. You never hear that. <laughs> 95% of the time you hear, no, I've never been hypnotized. So it's very important to explain hypnosis to the person because if they're afraid, if they're anxious, that's not going to help them go into trance. Very first time anybody tried to hypnotize me, he didn't explain. It was in a high school class, a junior in a psychology class, and they brought a hypnotist in, and the guy couldn't hypnotized me because he was doing a progressive muscle relaxation with an arm lift, you know, and he told me that when my hand touched my cheek, I'd go into trance. Well, my hand got about two inches away from my cheek and, and I got scared. It's like, what's going to happen? And so I pulled myself out of trance. And so it's essential that you explain Mm -hmm. what hypnosis is. So the person feels comfortable. So, I have my patented, that's not patented, nothing I do is patented. <laughs> but anyway, I have my, uh, my process that I go through and, and it takes me exactly one minute to explain hypnosis. And by the way, I don't know if you heard that, my doorbell just rang. <laughs> it's probably, it's probably, it's guaranteed, you know, when we're, when we're live, Stephanie's gotten, getting the door. So anyway, so I sh- I, I spend only one minute explaining hypnosis. And uh, so the way I do it, as I say, there are three common misconceptions about hypnosis. The first one is that there's a loss of control. There's no loss of control in hypnosis. You'd never do anything in hypnosis that you wouldn't normally do. You'd never do anything against your moral, religious, or personal values, or it's just something that uh, you know, thought was silly. So when you're in hypnosis, if I were to ask you to stand on your head, you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't be compelled. 
a second common misconception about hypnosis is that people tell secrets in hypnosis. And that's not true either. If you had a secret to keep in your normal waking state, you'd keep it in hypnosis. You're not going to give me the PIN number for your ATM card. And the third common misconception about hypnosis is that people can get stuck in hypnosis. And that's impossible. <laughs> thousand years of people being hypnotized, nobody ever got stuck. However, when you're in hypnosis, it's going to feel so good. You wish you could get stuck there, but you can't. And then I say, do you have any questions? And they almost never have questions. If they do, I just explain, you know, whatever, you know, I answer their question. But I'd say it is extremely rare for people to ask a question and say, okay, all right, that sounds pretty safe. I'll, I'll go ahead and do it. And so, so that's, that's, as you know, that's very important because you, an anxious person, a frightened person is not going to be a great hypnotic subject, right? So, no. So in the demonstrations, I'll, I'll then go roll into suggestibility tests. Mm -hmm. And uh, usually I'll do uh, something like finger magnets because that's a good one and it always works, uh, except with somebody who's going to be resistant. And if they're going to be resistant, you have no, no reason to hypnotize that person. <laughs> they're, no. They're, why, why hypnotize somebody that's going to try and stay out of hypnosis? So I'll do finger magnets or I'll do uh, the books and balloons, one where you, you have the person imagine that you put heavy books in, in their uh, left hand and then you have them imagine that you've tied a string around their right wrist and the string goes up to a huge bouquet of helium balloons and it begins lifting and rising and lifting and rising so their arms go uh, – the right arm goes up to the ceiling and the, the left one goes down because it's weighed by these imaginary books. And when you do that demonstration that way, then you make sure you let them know, hey, you did really great at that. And that tells me, set their expectation, that tells me you would be a good hypnotic subject. Well, guess what? We are ready to go to break again. This is just going so fast. Anyway, we'll go to break and we'll see you on the other side. Sounds good. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Hi, this is Inez Simpson. Thanks for listening to the show Hypnosis Everywhere. If this is the first time listening, well, we have a whole treasure trove of shows archived here and on Voice America page and on Hypnosis Everywhere website all free for you to listen to anytime. The first year's broadcast showed the amazing diversity of the talent and the skills of those people who make up our fascinating hypnosis community. This season, Hypnosis Everywhere, the next level, will delve deep into where modern hypnosis is now taking us, the new discoveries and adventures as we explore this infinite mind of ours. And we explore Simpson Protocol hypnosis that is taking us higher and deeper than ever before, We'll talk about the astounding insights that show us how our mind can shape and change our lives for the better. So come join us on Hypnosis Everywhere, amazing people who are on amazing adventures in this world of hypnosis. We know lasers are in use in almost every aspect of the medical profession these days. Now there's a powerful, unique, and safe laser you can use at home. Quantum scalar wave lasers using Tesla technology allow the body to do what it does best heal itself. Scalar wave lasers work down to the cellular level and can even reset cellular memory for outstanding outcomes. 
The quantum lasers use three different wavelengths in one laser for optimum results. It's government approved and safe for home use. For more information, visit Simpson Protocol slash lasers or click the banner on this show's webpage. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Hypnosis Everywhere, The Simpson Protocol. To reach the show today, send an email to Inez, that's I-N-E-S, at InezSimpson.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, welcome back again. We're having a very good time here, or at least I am. <laughs> <laughs> I am too. <laughs> so, uh, just back to you, Sean. Let's just go, because the time's just going too fast. Okay. All right. I'll just quickly review. So, my demonstration, the way it's formatted, first, I, I do a really good job of choosing the right hypnotic subject. Second thing is I do a, a one minute, I spend one minute explaining hypnosis so that the person feels comfortable with going in the trance. And then the third step is a suggestibility test. For instance, the finger magnet test or the, uh, where they imagine that their fingers have magnets in them and they're being drawn together or the books and balloons test. So that's, that's the third step in the demonstration that I do. And the fourth the fourth step is um, to do the hypnosis. Now, sometimes when you're when you're doing this demonstration, if you're at a party or if you're, sometimes that's as far as you get because people are not. They just decide, no, I really don't want to do hypnosis. The suggestibility test was was very entertaining, but no, I don't want to do hypnosis. And that's if if that's what they say, then you just don't go on to the induction because mm-hmm. they don't want to do it so you'll probably fail but if you um, if you've done a good job of choosing the person the volunteer they probably will want to do hypnosis with you uh, so then you go into an induction that cannot fail and that induction is my favorite induction for doing demonstrations is a handshake interrupt so what it's a pattern interrupt and you when you get permission to hypnotize someone, you reach your hand out as if to shake their hand. But then when they stick their hand out, you redirect their hand up toward their face and have them stare at it. And then you talk them into hypnosis. Now, why does this always work? Well, there's no point in this induction where it would fail. I mean, I do a lot of instant inductions where you um, you do a, a quick movement and the person and then you engage their fight or flight, um, their human stress response, and you turn that into an induction. And that either works or it doesn't work. And you know immediately when it doesn't work. <laughs> whereas, whereas this one, all you need is cooperation. You say to the person before the induction, just follow my instructions and you'll go into hypnosis really well. And then you'll find out what it feels like. And then all they have to do is follow your instructions. And so as you're, as you, um, you've done the handshake and you have them staring at their hand and you have to close their eyes and, and take a deep breath. And then they stand there with their eyes closed as you deepen them, as you tell them to relax themselves. And as you're doing it, the beauty of this is you evaluate that person as you deepen the trance, as you talk them into deeper hypnosis. And and so you feel things like you have your, your one hand on, on their shoulder. And so 
does, can you feel the shoulder muscles relaxing? All oh, this is a good sign. This person is going deeper in hypnosis. Or do they feel stiff? Uh, are they uh, are they are they stiff? If they're stiff, that's not a good sign. <laughs> still, but still, you don't you don't you don't end it right there. You just continue to deepen their trance. And if they turn out to be a really good subject, you see great eye flutter or something like that. Uh, if they turn out to be a good subject, then you can do some skits with them. But if they turn out to be just an ordinary subject, you're not a particularly good subject. You, you uh, do the induction for a few minutes and then you just emerge them from hypnosis. Uh, you know, they didn't go in very deeply, but you won't fail. You cannot fail there. The only way, no, it's, it's, zero chance of failure. So that's why I always use that induction. Uh, one of my students said, it's as if that induction is analog, whereas a shock induction is a digital induction where it just, it works or it doesn't work. This is going to work and then maybe it's going to work fantastic. And so you find somebody that, that they're really relaxing down and, and then you can do some testing with them. Uh, you, uh, suggest to them that their eyes are locked shut and they can't open them and everyone you know this is ordinary stuff for a hypnotist but people who are watching this go oh my god she can't open her eyes he said she wouldn't be able to open her eyes and she can't open her eyes and we know that requires a light level of trance and plus you're using a a, a double bind in there the harder you try to open your eyes the more they stick Right. So how are you going to open your eyes then if you're paying attention? By the way, as you know, sometimes you get in trouble when you're that's English is their second language. But but anyway, provided you have, have a somebody with native ability of English uh, or native ability in whatever language you you're uh, you're doing it in, uh, you're going to be OK. So so you test that and then you tell them that their arm is so stiff and rigid that they can't bend it. And and people in the audience or people that are standing around go, oh my gosh, she can't bend her arm. That's, she's really hypnotized. And then what I'll do after that is I, I generally I'll stick them to something. I'll put their hand on the wall and say it's stuck to the wall or I stick their foot to the floor and they can't pick their foot up. And, and then if I determine that somebody is really good, a somnambulist, or sometimes if I'm just, just in an ornery mood, I, I will take away their name. And, and that is an amazing demonstration when you take away someone's name and they cannot remember their name. And there, there are a couple of little tricks to make that work too. Uh, one of them is that, since I know we don't have a lot of time, but one of, the, one of those tricks is that you get their permission first, you say. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's always the catch. <laughs> exactly. Would it be interesting? Would it be interesting if I could make you forget your name? And most of them will go, yeah, that would be interesting. So now, now it's probably going to work. But if you say, would it be interesting if I could make you forget the name? And they, they shake their head. Well, that, <laughs> okay, don't do that. Take away the number three or something like that. Because yeah. some people, no matter what, how good a subject they are, if they are a damn it that they are not going to forget their name, it's going to be hard for you to do it. So just ask them. How about a number? Would it be interesting if for just a few moments I could make you forget a number? And they'll smile and say, yeah, that would be fun. And then you go for it. And then I will get them to experience a positive hallucination. That is to see something that isn't actually there. Maybe you could have a dog walk in the room. 
since we're, we were talking about dogs before, <laughs> you get you have a you have a dog walk in a room and they can see this this puppy that nobody else can see because it's in their imagination. And then finally, a negative hallucination. That's when I, as the hypnotist, disappear. And uh, I may, you know, take a, a coke and and move it around. And and if I've done this properly and they're a good subject and they cannot see me, all they see is this bottle of coke just floating around, and that's pretty freaky. So uh, so yeah, so so that's that's just some of the uh, the skits that I'll use to entertain when I'm doing a, uh, a demonstration in front of a group or when I'm doing street hypnosis or often when I'm doing stage hypnosis. So, so that's it. And, and the way it's set up, everything from choosing your best subject on up to uh, doing the, the phenomena, it's, it's, it's all laid out so that you cannot fail as a hypnotist. No. And, uh, and so, cause we don't like to fail, do we? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not pleasant. Uh-uh. But the, you know, there is a, a certain amount of people that are not going to want to go into hypnosis no matter what. So. Yeah. You, and that's fine. Know, just don't do it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a simple, I mean, <laughs> but it, it's not really different in the office. Every now and then you hit one of those people. I call them the one percenters, but there's, mm. there's just, they, they came and they think they want to be fixed, but they really want to go back to the wand thing where I can just do that and it's done. And those people, but there's very little, but every now and then you'll have someone like that and best not to do that do something different with them. <laughs> I, I had an office once it was right next door to a doctor's office and this doctor used to refer his people to me and they were the worst. They were the worst clients in the world. They would, they would come in and, and I remember one guy, he was, he was probably 65 years old. And I said, uh, so why do you want to stop smoking? He said, I don't. That doctor <laughs> sent me over here. <laughs> want to stop smoking? No. Well, does it cause you any trouble? Any shortness of breath? I'm a runner. Okay. Uh, does it uh, does it does it cause you any other problems? And he says, does it look like it? And honest to God, I looked at him. He looked like he was 40 years old. He was he was fit as a fiddle. And I thought, boy, you know, if I was in the same shape you're in, I wouldn't stop smoking either. But <laughs> that might be what's doing it for you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He had, he had no intention of quitting no. smoking, and so, no. but but that was what the doctor the doctor was sending him over. Pretty well, have oh, to be careful with those because you're going to fail, fail, fail exactly. in their eyes and yours, even though they have chosen not to go into hypnosis. Yeah, then there was a lady. Her husband brought her, pushed her in the door. Hey, fix her. <laughs> <laughs> said, why do you? I said, leave us alone. I said, right, why do you want to stop smoking? She said. I don't. He wants me to. <laughs> Tell him to come in. Yeah. Does he smoke? No. <laughs> okay, let's see if we can start him. <laughs> you know, it's really crazy stuff. That but. It is. I mean, but this poor woman, I just said, all right, well, look, here, why don't we sit in here and talk for about a half an hour? And, he's, and I said... But when he comes in, if you want to tell him I couldn't hypnotize you, I won't contradict you. And so that's what she did. <laughs> he came back in and she went, <laughs> I couldn't go into hypnosis. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had a specific talk for people who were smokers. And I said, yeah. if you're here because your doctor sent you, your wife sent you, or whoever sent you, <laughs> please let me know. Do you want to quit smoking? 
No. <laughs> okay. End of conversation. Thanks for yes. coming. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's crazy. But, uh, you know, we're talking about when you were working in schools, we've talked about that before. Uh-huh. I just want you how, because those are young people and they are mostly excited about being Yes, and a psychology class is, is really good because people that are taking psychology, they just, they're fascinated by the human mind and they're, they're very motivated to go into, like I was when I was in high school, unfortunately, it wasn't explained very well to me. No. That was a funny thing. The guy, the guy hypnotized, he had three, three teenage boys up there and he failed to hypnotize any of us. And looking back on it, I think he must... He probably wasn't a very good hypnotist. <laughs> hypnotize teenage boys. You're you're in trouble. So, so yeah. So that that was the deal. <laughs> so let's go to contact information and stuff now because I hate to say this, we're already back down uh, to three minutes. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, well, uh, so if they if anybody wants to find out about what I do and and classes and products that I have to teach people how to do hypnosis. They can find me in a couple of different places. They can find me on my website, worldsfastesthypnotist.com. And uh, so so there I have my classes advertised and, and the learn how to do hypnosis products. And then also I offer mentorships. The mentorships are very expensive, but people come and they'll spend a couple of days with me learning exactly what they want to learn. And I bring in uh, a good hypnosis practice partner for them so that they can do all the more complicated things. So, and we just build the course around them. Uh, they can also find me on Facebook. If there's a Facebook group called the world's fastest hypnotist, and there are almost a hundred people on there, sorry, almost a thousand people on there. <laughs> it's just a zero. Yeah, it's just a zero. <laughs> this is why I'm doing <laughs> hypnosis. And I'm not an accountant. Yeah. <laughs> So, so anyway, so so yeah, there there are a thousand people on there, and what I do is I post videos to teach people how to do hypnosis. So that's on there, the world's fastest hypnotist on Facebook group. And yeah, I think, very generous, yeah, with all your information. Well, it's it's as we as we talked about it, we had uh, our our yeah. instructors were generous with us, and so and tribute to them. That's what we do. So we've only got one minute left, and so if if you for any reason can't get a hold of Sean, you can always uh, email me at Inez Simpson. No, sorry, that's not right. It's Inez at InezSimpson dot com. You think it's simple? It's just your name, but I I can manage to. Or you can reach me at Sean, spelled the proper way, S E A N at World's Fastest Hypnotist dot com. Yeah. Google, Google, Google. We'll get information. Uh, next week, we are having an exciting show with a friend of yours, Nicole Wagernagel. Yes. And Rick Collingwood from Australia. They're right. going to be doing a training in mesmerism in Freinfeld, where Mesmer's was spent a lot of his time. Yep. So that's going to be exciting. And they're both very good. Mm-hmm. And we'll see them next week. And I guess I'll, it's time for us to go. Thanks. Okay, well, that'll be a good show. Thank you for having me. That was great. And I really enjoyed it as usual. And we'll see everyone next week. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of the show today. 
Be sure to tune in next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for another edition of Hypnosis Everywhere, The Simpson Protocol with host Inez Simpson. We can't wait to have you join us again next week. 